Welcome to the Sweat Hog Shift Podcast. I'm Adam 12. There's no rock and roll in this episode. It's just bad juju at the moment between Tom Petty dying and Stone Temple Pilots working with another singer. And you can throw Hugh Hefner in there because if his wasn't a rock and roll life, then no one's was. I think it's just best to skip a week, all right? So instead, let's try to figure out how we can follow the example of the guy in Houston who parked a Sherman tank on the street outside of his house. There's nothing any homeowners association can do about that. They can ticket it. They can try to tow it. But the truth, he says, is unless I decide to move it, it's not going anywhere. Homeowners associations, the most useless organizations, I think, by category in these United States. I would love it if you and I could figure out how to immobilize all of them like that without having to spend 600 grand on a vintage military vehicle, of course. Hit me with your ideas at AdamXII on Facebook or at Adam12Sweathog on Twitter. A German court ruled that coffee and bread is not to be considered breakfast. Especially not when it's vending machine coffee and the rolls are served without butter. This is actually written down. All you need to know by way of the why is that there were tax and employee compensation issues for the business that was doing this. But the greatest thing the court said is that a real breakfast would have to include cold cuts, cheese, and or various spreads. If only they'd gone on to define the word hearty. That would have been beautiful. So now I think we can all drink pumpkin beer. It's just been way too warm out up to this point to drink any fall brews at all, let alone pumpkins. But, you know, only thing we can all agree on is that consuming the big orange grog is only socially acceptable during the month of October. So you got to go for it for the next couple of weeks. Easiest and smartest thing to do if you've never had a pumpkin beer is just find, because there are good ones out there, just find out whether your favorite brewery makes one and try theirs. If it's good, you're good. If it's decent, but like completely out of character from their other brews. Just be wary of trying any of their other seasonal or specialty offerings like Oktoberfests, Marzins, Christmas ales. And if it stinks, like it's really lousy, it is not bad manners to ask what the heck they were thinking when they made that stuff. So I tend to gravitate towards breweries whose water is really pure, like you know, neutral tasting enough, like vodka, that they don't feel the need to sugarcoat it literally and figuratively sugarcoat it, anything they make, including their heftier beers, they leave pretty much as is. They come at you every fall, whether you're looking for them or not. James Bond movie marathons on TV. No man won't watch a Bond film, any Bond film, no matter how bad it is or how many commercial breaks the network shove into it. Actually, it's those frequent and lengthy commercial breaks that allow a man to relax and be able to say he's done some stuff around the house, right? You have a beer, then you go do a load of laundry, you grab a bowl of chips, you vacuum one room, and so on for the four hours that that two-hour and 20-minute movie takes to air. As much of a Bond freak as I am, though, I've never watched the series in chronological order, though I've always wanted to. For a long time, that was because they weren't available to be watched that way, at least not without buying the films outright. But for almost as long, it was because I didn't want to end on a Brosnan note. The man got bad scripts. But now, with Daniel Craig still at the helm, plus the plethora of video platforms out there, with a little planning, there's nothing stopping any of us from doing a 25 days of Bond-a-thon or something. You do one film every day. And yes, that will include watching the 83 dumpster drag Never Say Never Again. Can't tell me that's not an official Bond movie. I'm sorry. Kevin McClory had Sean Connery. He produced Thunderball. He possessed every legal right to remake Thunderball. So, and Kim Basinger's in it. So, yeah. 
Now, especially if the last Bond film you saw was the most recent one, Spectre, the pacing and sparseness of Dr. No might get to you. Going back to 1962, things are a lot more lean. I suppose you could cure that by watching the series in reverse chronological order. I might do that. You know, finish off with Connery and Jack Lord playing Felix Leiter. Yeah, I think that's the way to go. Uh, what I think will surprise everyone who does this is how every Bond portrayal had tremendous highs and lows. Everyone. We've already been over one of Connery's dips, and 83 wasn't his only bad year. Now, as much of a punchline as George Lazenby is for only having done the one movie on Her Majesty's Secret Service, the guy is shockingly physically apt for the role. Fight sequences are just tremendous in that. Made me rethink the notion that no one under 30 should be James Bond. Now, as for Roger Moore, the late great Moore, uh, watching all those will kind of be like driving across Texas. Impressive and fun every day, but you wonder when it's all going to end. To Timothy Dalton, uh, Eon Productions ought to have known the 1980s were the wrong decade in which to impose an actor taking his cues straight from Ian Fleming's books. But you look at those films now, and I think Daniel Craig ought to be sending Dalton Christmas cards. He was ahead of his time with that dark portrayal. And Craig isn't problem-free either. Why would Quantum of Solace even need James Bond? So we'll have to wait another two years before we see Craig in another Bond film. So between now and then, you're probably going to wind up being exposed to most of the existing 25 a bunch of times anyway. You might as well enjoy them on your own terms. Thanks for listening to the Sweat Hog Shift podcast. And again, you can hit me up at AdamXII on Facebook, Adam12SweatHog on Twitter, or email SweatHogShift at gmail.com. Here you again next time. Cheers.